You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. I'm going to talk today about something I'm calling worry wars. I've been a pastor here in this church for 25 years and I was one before that. And in all the decades that I have served the Lord to the best of my ability, I have never heard and I have never seen so much stress, so much anxiety, so much worry going on in Christians' lives. As a pastor, I want to respond to that and I am reminded that part of the diet, the spiritual diet in any good Christian church is addressing needs like worry and anxiety. It really should be part of your and my um, regular uh, intake of spiritual food. I'm calling it worry wars because the New Testament church existed in a context and the framework for the New Testament church was something called the Roman Empire, probably the most successful empire ever. And one of the reasons that the Roman Empire was so strong so successful is that as soon as they had any hint of war if there was anybody attacking them they immediately had their army to crush the attack the army the roman legions never rested they were always training there was always someone ready and so when something attacked them they would attack back and almost always win Within the Roman Empire was something called Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. So within the empire, there was peace of a sort. But as soon as anything happened on the border, they attacked it. In the same way, if you are struggling with worry, stress, anxiety, it needs to be attacked. The Bible calls it, fight the good fight. You and I will fail to understand the New Testament unless we understand the military context of it. Because there's a lot of fighting words used in the Bible. The sword, the shield, the helmet, fighting the good fight, and so on. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It says an awful lot. So that's why I'm going to look at worry wars today. Let's just remember what we've come through. You and I have lived through a pandemic over the last two years. A lot of lockdown, a lot of isolation. Many people really feared for their health. No sooner do we emerge out of the pandemic than there is a war here in our own continent, in Europe. And then we have a threat of nuclear bombs exploding and then as a result of that we have a cost of living crisis for everything from diesel to heating to bread and food it's incredible and these are just the existential or external issues that's before we come to what you are going through yourself personally within your own family so that is why so many people have had worry and anxiety. It's almost like two years of lockdown wore a lot of people down emotionally, I think spiritually. And your resistance is low, and just as you're starting to come out of that, you're hit with all these new things, as well as your own private stuff going on. So we have to address this, and I'm here to encourage you maybe challenge you, are you really leaning in on your faith? 
do you really take advantage of what the God we love offers us for our daily lives? Or are we like John and Mary, citizen out in the street there, who possibly have no faith and who have to rely on their own wits, their own abilities to get through life? While you and I have abilities and wits, we have something far greater we can rely on. And his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. If you look at what's the big issues in Ireland at the moment, from what I can see with my research, number one, money issues. Number two, stress at work or college. Number three, health concerns. And number four, relationships and family. Very close behind that is the accommodation crisis. But you know, I have only so much time today, I'm gonna to stick to the top four. And just perhaps suggest a key for you and for I to be able to get through these issues. And maybe it'll fertilize your soul so that you'll realize, even if it's not one of these issues, there are other scriptures that are uh, signposts for you and me to get through these challenges in our lives. So that's what we're going to look at today. I'm going to look as a template, as a backdrop scripture, the powerful revolutionary experience when Jesus Christ climbed up at the top of his public ministry to the mountain. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And he preached revolutionary words that warmed the heart of everyone listening. And thousands, their lives were changed. And in the midst of that, Jesus Christ talks about worry, anxiety, stress. He addresses it and he gives you and I a way out. So I pray, Lord, that your word would make a difference in our lives. Amen. I come against, oh God, that this should just be dead theology. Amen. Let it be the living word in our souls. Amen. In Jesus' name and God's people said. Amen. Because the Bible is alive in the sense that it is God's love letter to you and me. He didn't leave you on your own. He's with you. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's see what Jesus said. Because his words are speaking into the Ukrainian war, into the threat of nuclear bombs. His word is speaking into the cost of living crisis, into your health fears, into your isolation. His word speaks today. Here we go. Jesus said to them, Do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or what clothes you will wear. Isn't life more important than food? And the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow or reap, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not far more valuable than they are? Are you? Amen. Praise God. And which of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to your life? If God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown on the fire, how much more will he clothe you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we wear? Your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. Amen. So do not worry about 
tomorrow. Amen. That's a command. That is as much a command as anything else Jesus said. He forbids worrying. So how do you and I lean into our faith and actually get advantage of this? Because it's not dead theology, it's living relationship. Let's look at the first one. Money. I have no doubt with a couple of hundred people here that there are some people stressing out, how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to pay for the car? What am I going to do about that bill for insurance or whatever? Well, I don't have an immediate answer, but I do know that Jesus does. Because Jesus tries to get you and me to stop thinking that we are our own masters. That it's up to us alone to get money in our bank account. Actually, the one who gives us our money, if you will, is the Lord. He's the one who looks after us. In fact, he says in 1 Timothy 6:17, don't put your trust in money. It's uncertain and reliable. Would anyone say amen to that? Amen. It is, isn't it? Yeah. You can't trust money. Trust instead in who? The Lord. the Lord who richly gives us all we need. Now either great apostle Paul was lying through his teeth or he was telling the truth. I believe the Word of God. And for 42 years as a Christian, I have seen this come through again and again and again. Not only in my own personal life, but in the lives of others. Don't trust money. Now, we're not going through an economic crisis at the moment in that the banks aren't collapsing like they were 12 years ago or whatever it was. But I always remember as a young Christian, when Denise and I were getting married, we wanted to buy a house. And I remember before we signed the documents and got the mortgage, at the time the interest rate was 18.5%. Hallelujah! <laughs> People are giving out now that they have a 2% mortgage. 18.5%, oh my goodness. And I can remember being stressed out, talking to some Christians in the church, and I said, what are we going to do if we can't pay the mortgage? We'll be evicted. We'll have nowhere to live. And we were all young. We were like, I don't know, 20, 21, 22. But there was one older man in the church. and His name was Tim Sullivan. And he would have been in his 80s. And he leaned over to me. And I'll never forget it. He said, young fella. As soon as he said young fella, he had my attention. He kind of, I respected his years. He said, God is your banker. And do you know what he said then? He said, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. My provider is grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh. My provider is grace is sufficient for me. And it goes on and says, My God will supply all my needs according to his riches in. Glory! Jehovah Jireh, Yahweh Wireh. Someone said to me, Are you Jehovah's Witnesses? No, you're not. Jehovah's one of the Hebrew names for God. Don't get lost on that one. He will provide. Amen. He will help you. He will help me. I speak from years of experience, but way more importantly, I speak from God's word. David. 
the, 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 in the Old Testament had a promise from God. He said, don't ever let me get so rich that I forget you. Or that I get so poor that, that I start stealing to live. And you know, the Lord basically cut a long story short, promised him and said, your children will never beg for bread. Hallelujah. So have a bit of faith. Have faith that the, the God that you were worshipping just a few minutes ago cares that you can pay your bills. Amen? Amen. And this is just a small little snippet of how we can overcome stress about money. Trust God, not money. What about work? So many people I'm hearing of now, their workplaces don't have enough people working there. Again and again, I'm hearing from Christians that um, because of COVID and because of the lockdown, there's a thing called the grand resignation. So loads of people have just given up their jobs. They don't want to work there. They're not going to put themselves through whatever. And so there's less staff. You can see signs all over the city, staff wanted, help wanted. And a lot of people have to do two and three jobs. Can I say to you, you can only do as much as you can do with the hours God has given you. Amen. Don't stress out and try and be two or three people, even if your boss pressurizes you that way. An honest day's work for an honest day's pay. Amen. You do what you can do to the best of your ability, and after that, you can't do any more. Work is a big thing. We spend so much time at work. Did you know this is the workers' bank holiday weekend? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the red flag? Hey! What does the Bible say about work? It says a load about work. But let's just quote what we just read. The words of Jesus for your work. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap. And yet your heavenly Father cares for them. Are you not more valuable than they are? Now you and I need to leave this building with this truth ringing in our hearts and in our minds. Honestly, do you believe you're more valuable than a bird? Yes. Can we say together, the count of three, I am more valuable, those four words. Can we say that? Let's just make it real because I remember a number of years ago walking through the city centre and a little sparrow dropped dead in front of me. And straight away the scripture came to me and I knew the Lord was reminding me. Not even a hair in a sparrow happens. The Lord knows it. If God cares for a sparrow, how much more will he care for a human being? So you are more valuable than a bird. Let's say it together, I am more valuable. One, two, three. I am more valuable. Remember that audible memory. You declared it. You're far more valuable than a bird and the Lord has said it. So he will look after you in work, praise God. Now, if you're in work and you're getting trouble because you couldn't be bothered working, hello. If you're just in a bad mood and you're snapping at everyone at work, then that's on you. That's not on God. Who'll say amen? amen. You've got to own it yourself. You can't just be a dosser or a waster or nasty. That's not on. As a Christian, you're called to work honestly. So if it's on you, that's a different thing. We're not giving you a get out of jail card for that. But if you're being stressed out through no fault of your own, then our God cares for you. And you need to lean into that. What about health? Health was a huge thing during the pandemic and an awful lot of people are probably a lot more 
aware now of their health than they ever were. Perhaps with some, it's almost like a paranoia, and it's gone a little bit too far for some. But a lot of us are more tuned in. And how do we approach the issue of health, or physical health? Well, let me quote you a verse from the Old Testament. It's Psalm 103.3. Don't forget all the Lord's benefits. He forgives all your sins, and he heals all your diseases. Amen. Hallelujah. This is Old Testament. If you go into the New Testament again and again and again and again, everywhere Jesus went, he healed. The last thing Jesus said before he was assumed up to heaven, Mark 16, you will speak with new tongues, you will lay hands on the sick, and they shall be healed. Amen. So God's heart is to heal. Who will say amen? amen? Praise God for doctors and hospitals and all of that. But we have even more as Christians. Amen. Yeah, we have the doctors, but we have the God who heals all our diseases. And look how he links in forgiveness of sin with healing of diseases. He links it in together. And Jesus often said that. He would go and he would heal someone and he would say, your sins are forgiven. When you and I know intellectually, emotionally, spiritually that we're forgiven, it breaks out into your physical body. And our physical health is better because we know that Jesus has forgiven us when we mess up. So when it comes to our health, you and I have an advantage because we have a God who can heal. Hallelujah. Amen. What about relationships? Well, every one of us here believes in relationships of some degree. If it's not marriage, maybe it's brothers, sisters, sons, daughters, mothers, fathers, friends. Relationships are part of life. In fact, the Bible says it's just all about relationships. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the whole of the Old Testament law summed up in one sentence. Love God, love one another. What about relationships? Well, look at the, probably the most important relationship in the Bible, uh, which is marriage. And we just get this simple command in Scripture from Ephesians 5.33. Husbands, love your wives as you love yourself, and wives, see to it that you respect your husband. Now, this is really important because the emphasis is on husbands showing our wives that we love them, and on wives showing husbands that you respect them. It's not that husbands don't need love, we do. Who will the brother say amen? amen. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, oh. And it's not that our wives don't need respect, would the sisters say amen? amen? We're not so sure about that, okay. Yeah, we need respect and love, but there is something in the nature of man that if his wife disrespects him, it destroys him. And this is God's wisdom. Equally, there's something in the heart of, of our wives that if we don't show her love, we can destroy her. If you look at people who have affairs, women have affairs when they're lonely, men have affairs when they're bored. This is fact, you can see it in all the body of evidence. 
So men and women are put together a little bit differently. Yeah, we're very similar, but we're also a little bit different. And so here we see the wisdom of God that you and I can lean into when we're trying to work out how do we maneuver our relationships. It's a bit like our children. There's a whole other body of evidence. The Bible says to fathers only, fathers do not exasperate your children. Why does not say that to mothers? You're loving. Someone else said, you never met my mother. <laughs> but, but there's wisdom there. Fathers don't exasperate your children. It also says, are you living a godly life? Your children will be blessed after you. Hallelujah. I don't know how often I've met people, even people who aren't Christian, but maybe their grandparents were Christian. There is a blessing. There is a grace. There is a wisdom in that family passed down from the word of God. It would be great if they came to faith, but when you as an individual, mom or dad, walk with God, you are setting your sons and daughters up to be blessed. Who say hallelujah? Is it any wonder that two of the most powerful people in Europe a couple of years ago were Angela Merkel, the Chancellor of Germany, and Theresa May, the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom? What did they have in common? They were both pastor's daughters. They grew up in Christian homes where there was ethics and morality. Now you mightn't agree with their politics, we're not about politics, but there was something there. You can see this again and again. The more you put God first in your family, the more you will bless your children. Hallelujah. Amen. So the Bible is full of wisdom. It says, for all relationships, it is a glorious thing to overlook an offense. Are you someone who takes, um, you, you really are sensitive to people who show a little bit of, make a mistake around you? you you're very highly sensitive to that. You know what the Bible says? Sometimes, let it go. You don't have to sort everyone out all the time. Who we'll say amen? Amen. If I make a mistake, you should never sort me out, okay? <laughs> within our marriages, within our families, with our circle of friends, sometimes someone says something out of place, and you never did, and I never did, of course we did. Book of Proverbs says, don't be all up in, all up in arms when you hear someone said something about you. Don't you know that you've said stuff about people too? So look in the mirror, brothers and sisters. We've all made mistakes that way. So the Bible is full of wisdom about how we can have healthy, life-giving relationships. And here is just a small little example of how we can do that. So here are four major issues that people are stressed out about today in Ireland. Let me remind you of Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers. He said, worry won't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It only empties today of its strength. If you've got something in the back of your mind right now, there's something wrong. You have to fight a war against that. You have to say no. Sometimes, you know what I say? Get behind me, Satan. You are not robbing today's strength off me. You are not going to steal my peace. And when I look back over all the decades, all the things I was stressed up out about, that never happened. If I had my time back, I wish 
I had not worried and got stressed out about stupid things because almost always they never happened. But there's an enemy to your soul that you and I are called to fight who will try and steal that from you. That's why we have to go to war about this and not accept worry. What's the solution? Here's the solution from the book of Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but instead by prayer, with thanksgiving, give your requests to God. Give them. What's request? Your burdens, your prayers. Give them to God. And when you give something to someone, you don't try and take it back, do you? If I give my wife, my wife's birthday is coming up. When I give Denise a gift for her birthday, and she says, thank you, darling, and then I go, Grant, okay, I'm taking it back now. What do you think is going to happen to my marriage? I'd say I'd get a clatter or something. <laughs> when you give something, you don't try and take it back. Can I invite you in a moment? Are you anxious or worried about anything? Prayer with thanksgiving. Thank God for all he's done. Because you remind yourself of all the blessings God has given you. Sometimes the issue clouds that out. But it brings a balance. And we give our requests to God. And we don't take it back. Who will say amen. amen? It's a bit like you throw it into the, into the lake. And there's a big sign that says no fishing. Hallelujah. Mm. No fishing. So don't be anxious about anything except money and relationships and your health and except the house and it, yeah? No. Don't be anxious about anything, no matter what it is. And what will happen if we do this great exchange? The rest of the verse says, and the peace of God which passes all understanding will protect your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So my encouragement to you, perhaps it's a challenge as the band comes up, will you lean in on the advantage you have as a man or a woman of faith today and not just be like everyone else, allowing stuff to burden you down. Let's give it over to the Lord and let's walk in the benefit of the blessing we have as those who love him. Let me quote one scripture to you, James 4.2, and this is for someone here. You do not have because you do not ask. Someone is here with a big need and you've never actually given it to the Lord. You do not have because you do not ask. Can I encourage you? Ask today. Ask today in the house of God. Let's stand. We're going to sing a song. And the song is called In Christ Alone. It's a powerful anthem. Let's declare it before we give you the opportunity to give your request to God.